What's up, Marvelites? This is Agent M, Marvel Digital Media Executive Editorial Director Ryan Panagos. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, this is our eighth episode of This Week in Marvel podcast. Um, we are we are super excited. Thank you for joining us for the last two months. I'm joined by Mr. Ben Morse. Yep, Ben Morse. Still just Marvel.com Associate Editor, but happy to be here nonetheless. Uh, we are sans Strami, sans interns this week, a couple days before... Uh, Christmas for us uh, in the middle of Hanukkah, holiday craziness, uh, wrapping up the year. So um, let's get let's get right into it. Yeah. Uh, actually, before we get right into I it, I got a train to catch. You got a train to catch. Yeah. But I'm, I said this on Twitter yesterday. I'm gonna say this week in Marvel Comics is my favorite, hands down, favorite week of Marvel books in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Right up. Right up. Just shows you that we don't we don't coast at the end. Right up until the end. This was a solid week where i was just i think on my train ride home friday had my bundle i was like all right what are we gonna get to next and it was tough man there was just like bang 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 one hit after one i mean we're gonna get to all of them but yeah i'm with you man i think this was the strongest week definitely since we've done this podcast but yeah perhaps it's 2011 it's a bold statement but i think i think you can back it up totally uh let's get right into the book start with amazing spider-man then sure thing man amazing spider-man number 576 by dan slot 676 Ramos. Is it 676? it's 676 676 you know it's crazy because it seems like just yesterday they did 576 they're putting it's out seven issues probably a month. it's probably about a year ago yeah. so anyways 676 amazing spider-man amazing spider-man uh spider-man is not in this comic spider-man does not appear on a single page of this comic this is a sinister six focus issue you got Doc Ock, Sandman, Mysterio, Rhino, Electro, and Chameleon going up against the Intelligentsia, Modoc and his band. So it's a unique thing. It's a villains versus villains issue, setting up some big things to come for Spider-Man. But it's a lot of fun. It's a bad guy's comic, as written by Dan Slott, who's got a wicked wit, as drawn by Umberto Ramos, really getting to stretch his muscles with some of these tech guys. And it's just a cool kind of... I mean, Dan Slott's at a press call with us a couple weeks ago talking about particularly the villains of Spider-Man and how they've always been, you know, traditionally, they get sent to other titles and just beat on. And this issue was his chance to go, hey, Doc Ock and these guys can take anybody. Intelligentsia, pretty impressive on their own. But Doc Ock and his crew, they take it to him. We get to we get a little bit of the individual personalities of each of the uh, villains. Being people called villains, they're very complex. And then uh, ends on a very... Very ominous note for 2012 and sets up Spider-Man Ends of the Earth, which is coming mm-hmm. up in a few months. Well, the Sinister Six, are, they're all they're veterans more than anything else. And veterans who've worked as a team for so long, whereas the Intelligentsia, brilliant dudes, powerful, but they're still, they don't have that same team dynamic that the Sinister Six does. There's a cool bit between Sandman from the Sinister Six and the Wizard from the Intelligentsia, yeah. old Frightful Four buddies yeah. in this issue that I, I really enjoyed. It was It was, you know... Like I said, it's it's an issue where the villains are not just the stars, they're the protagonists. And what that means is you really get to see it from their point of view. They're not just getting punched in the face. You're seeing what makes these guys tick. And Dan Slott did a great job with that. Indeed. Oh, also, you should note that uh, Anita Blake, Circus of the Damned, Scoundrel, number three, came out, written by Jessica Ruffner and drawn by Ron Lim. We are not regular readers of the Anita Blake series, but we know there are a lot of fans out there and some wacky and wild stuff. So Anita Blake fans, check out that latest installment. Totally. Also this week, Avengers, number 20. Uh, adjectiveless Avengers, as we've dubbed it in previous episodes of the podcast. Forgot about that. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Daniel Cunha. Norman Osborn is back. He's in both the Avengers books right now, and he's doing some crazy wacky stuff here. Uh, he's 
he's really he's playing the Avengers straight up. He is puppet mastering the heck out of everything. Uh, you've got his new, bigger, badder, more intense hammer. Whereas in New Avengers, you have his Dark Avengers. That's the focus there. Here you have the focus on his hammer uh, group. The yeah, his hammer. Doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound doesn't right. Sound right. I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. Uh, but you've got, you know, it's, it's right on the heels of the new, uh, of the Avengers team being revealed, and you have the Avengers then forming these little uh, two-person groups to go after Norman Osborn. It sets up some really yeah. cool dynamics for it's the team. It's very Silver Age. It, it is, and it works. It's, Silver Age done modern. It's very cool. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you've got some uh, really cool things that Hammer does with their... They're basically they're they're just normal troopers. How they set them up to take on the Avengers who are coming after them, and it, it really just keeps pushing the uh, the Norman Osborn yeah. stuff. Pretty. It's cool. neat to see the new members of the team in action too. Storm, Quake, see the Vision back. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool, well-rounded Avengers team. I'm digging it. Yeah, me too. Also had this week Casanova Averita number three by Matt Fraction and Gabriel Ba. This story, this this whole book is super duper crazy, and I love it. Uh, Gabriel Ba is just an f- amazing artist. Both Gabriel Ba and uh, his brother Matt Fraction is doing some just weird, cool stuff on Casanova. It's an icon book, so it's creator-owned, distributed by Marvel. Um, really, definitely suggest that if you like Matt Fraction superhero books, if you like great art, if you like really weird sci-fi espionage action books, you check out Casanova. Um, there's a bunch. There's a a couple other series already out there. So Avarita may not be the most key place to jump in, but it's definitely going to be an enjoyable read. Uh, pick up the trades, get caught up on Casanova. Really good. Dokken Dark Wolverine number 18 was part three of the Pride Comes storyline by Rob Williams uh, with pencils by Matteo Bufagni with some assists from Michelle, Michelle Berta Lorenzi and Andrea Muddy. It's a very uh, international team over on Dokken Dark Wolverine. This is the return of the Runaways. Uh, first time we've seen him in a couple years in, in full force. Dokken is recruiting them because there is a, a unknown member of the Pride who was the Runaways' villainous parents. Uh, we learned this unknown member is Chase's uncle. Um, he's been giving Dokken hell for the last uh, several issues. I think we have rats in the infrastructure here. It's at not Marvel. rats. It's uh, probably Moloids. Whatever it is. Yeah, Moloids. Moloids in the infrastructure. Um so Dawkins needs help taking this guy out, finds out he's a member of the Pride, goes to recruit the Runaways, and what we get is a very unique, very uh, interesting interaction. You've got Dawkins, who's used to kind of you know, being the puppet master, being able to control everybody, and the thing you can't really deal with is kids and teenagers. They're very <laughs> unpredictable, and, and with superpowers, no less. And the Runaways certainly don't really know what to make of Dawkins. He's a shady character. He's kind of playing his hero role, but they don't really trust him. It's worth it for that alone, just seeing Dokken and the Runaways, these two, you know, completely different aspects. If you had asked what book the Runaways are going to show up on, I don't think Dokken would have been our first choice, but Rob Williams runs with it. He does a good job of kind of, you know, messing with Dokken, which has been his M.O. Yeah, he's really been, you know, pushing Dokken to his limits, taking him out of his comfort zone, and this is another one, but does some great stuff with the Runaways. We find out kind of what they've been up to, does partially answer the cliffhanger from their last series um i'm sure there's more story to be told there but you know it's the runaways and all their glory other stuff's going on with Dawkins supporting cast with uh marcus roston who again we learn is chase's uncle member of the pride who's this crazy kind of creepy villain 
how he's messing with Dokken, and sets up for a very interesting fight coming up next issue. Yeah. Um, also, Molly from The Runaways is and always will be one of my favorite teen characters. She's adorable. Tween? I, I, don't, think, tween. I don't think she's even a tween. Yeah. She's like eight. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great. I want to see her punch down. and yell at things no. every, every issue. Um, also, let's see. Up next, Daredevil number seven by Mark Wade. Paolo and Joe Rivera, a dynamic Rivera duo mm -hmm. of... Uh, father and son. Yep, father and son. This is a bit of a cool-down issue, bait after all the craziness from the first big story arc in Daredevil. Um, and on Twitter the other day, Mark Wade tweeted that he thinks this is his be the best issue of the new Daredevil series out there. Mm. I praise. Yeah, from himself. From himself to himself. But you know what? But it is quite good. It's, it's really freaking good, Yeah, guys. Mark Wade's earned the right. It's a gorgeous issue to begin with. Yeah. It's got... Matt, uh, Matt Murdock wearing an I'm Not Daredevil sweatshirt to a holiday party, which is perfect, and yeah. I need that shirt. I've already actually asked um, some licensing people about that, so we'll Doesn't see. Doesn't surprise me at all. Not at all. Uh, but you have Daredevil not facing any villains this issue. Right. It's, it's not a big superhero punch fight. It's the villains are the elements. The elements. Um, there's, a, there's a crash, and there's some other stuff, and Daredevil has to basically shepherd this group of uh, blind kids that he's he's been he was going on a, a trip with them they run into some some bad business and they have to survive so it's a really great survival story again just absolutely gorgeous art um, really really great moments uh, on almost every page whether it's the kids whether it's Daredevil whether it's the supporting characters um, I, I absolutely love this issue it's definitely in in my running for uh, our twim of the week, our, our pseudo pick of the week. Um, as, as, as Strami pointed out last week, it's the This Week in Marvel of the Week. Yeah. No, and the, you know what? I don't care. It works. Yeah, it's fine. It works it's great. Um, so, yeah, Daredevil number seven, yeah. you got to get it. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's much in the uh, same vein we talked about, even though last the last issue of Daredevil was very different because there was a lot of action, but... I liked in that issue the villain Mark Wade set up and kind of the mechanics of how he had to yeah. defeat him. Same way here, it's <clears throat> it's the way he sets up these problems. Here it's the elements, but it's like it's the way Daredevil gets out of stuff. It's the way he solves stuff. It's very cerebral, but at the same time, it's just a fun, you know, it's a fun, cool read type of thing you uh, can really get into. Yeah, and it's also a great issue to just pick up out of the blue. A great issue to give to someone who's not yep. read the new Daredevil series yet. It's one uh, and done. Great issue to share. So jump on if you haven't already. Uh, also this week, Deadpool Max 2, number 3. Another great issue of wacky, wild, mature readers, Deadpool action. We also have some Defender stuff, right? Yes, we had uh, to supplement Defenders number 1, which came out a couple weeks ago. If you enjoyed that, check out Defenders, Coming of the Defenders, which reprints the initial appearances from back in the, I believe the 70s by Roy Thomas and Ross Andrew. Then we also had Defenders Strange Heroes, uh, compiled by Jeff Christensen and his team with supplemental art by Gus Vasquez. Gorgeous cover by Lano Yu. Uh, it's, a, it's a Marvel handbook giving you all the information on the various characters who are important to the current Defenders and to the past as well, including one of your favorites. Cloud. 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 Learn all about Cloud. Is he a man? Book. Is he a woman? Is he both? Is he a cloud? <laughs> what is he? I... I don't know, but it's say he. Yeah, it's, it. What is it? It's, what is Cloud? It's fantastic. Is hopefully, it hopefully this is a sign that Cloud will be in the new Defenders series. Yeah, if you thought X-Men were really weird, you yeah. need to check out this Defenders Strange Heroes book because the number of characters who 
have been defenders and the the breadth of their weirdness is fantastic. Yeah, and Cloud is like not the most bizarre character in no. there. And Cloud is a bisexual cloud. So I'm, Bis- using, I'm I- using bisexual in the sense it's a man and a woman. Yeah, okay. Not not it's sexual orientation. It's, it's not has nothing to do with sexual orientation. Yeah. There's probably better language for that, but well, it's all right. We're on the spot. It's a we're podcast, spot. man. Totally. Uh, also this week, Fantastic Four number six hundred and one. After last month's big 600 issue, the gigantic tome that was just so incredibly perfect, it was almost like, how do you how do you go after that? And then it's just, boom, right into the action. Johnny's back. The reactions from The Thing and from Sue Storm are just, they're amazing. Yeah. They're, you just, the, the way that um, Steve Epting and, and, you know, the anchors really portray the emotion and the, the, the level of both sadness and relief and excitement that they have based on Johnny coming back is, is beautiful. Hickman just really ramps it up with the craziness that he's been setting up for at least a couple of, uh, was it two years now? Give or yeah, t- year something and a half? like that. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, give or take something like that. Um, you've got the Cree getting ready to stomp on Earth. You've got the Eternals coming together. You've got all these different elements um, and then Johnny with the uh, the cosmic control rod with Annihilus on a leash and his crew were like, hey, we're badasses, but we follow that guy. Yeah. And Johnny Storm has has stepped it up to a, a degree which is just fantastic. He's not necessarily the happy-go-lucky guy, but he's been through a hell of a lot, and it shows in this in this series, um, and it really sets up some even bigger cast. This is almost like this is event level comic book storytelling. I was going to say, it's really it's really a Marvel Universe book. It's starring the entire Marvel Universe, but the Fantastic Four and the Future Foundation are at the center, yep. which is kind of the way the Marvel Universe started out. It's kind of cool. It kind of harkens back to when, you know, the Avengers and the X-Men, everyone would kind of show up in Fantastic Four because that was really the showcase for different characters, different mm-hmm. titles, but the FF was always at the center of it. Yeah. This kind of reasserts, this is why these guys started the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And this is why they're so important. Hickman's doing a great job with it. That was the cool element for me to this, is that you have all these guest stars, and you have all this flashy stuff, but it really, he's going to show, like, hey, this is why, in a universe full of heroes, Fantastic Four is still untouchable. In? Ah, cool. Ah, yeah, this Good. was another one of my possible twin of the weeks. Did you, did you catch yourself from saying indeed? I know. That was and now, good. After you made fun of me on the last podcast, I make fun which of you. I think I, I edited it out. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, and I edited out a lot of indeeds. I've been hearing myself say it. Now my wife is saying it too. I, so. didn't, I didn't make fun of you. I pointed it out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not malicious. Keep it Moving going. Moving along. Fear Itself, The Fearless, number five, written by Colin Bunn with help from Matt Fraction and Chris Yost, uh, continues to follow the dual quests of Valkyrie and Sin to try to reclaim the uh, Hammers of the Worthy, and we get kind of pretty even split panel time. This time we have Valkyrie visiting the Future Foundation to get the Hammer of the Thing, and we have Sin sending Crossbones basically back to, you know, he was in the Thunderbolts not too long ago. He heads back to the Raft to get the Hammer from Titania and runs afoul of Luke Cage's own old Thunderbolts teammates, which leads to a pretty cool throwdown with Valkyrie. It's more about, uh, it's a little more of an emotional, she has just to talk to the thing, and they, they, we learn a little bit more about her character. The crossbones and sin, it's just fight, 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 fight. But for <laughs> me, what was really cool about this book is Mark Bagley and Paul Pelletier are both artists who have been around you know, for a couple decades now. 
these guys have, have done it all. They've been there, here, they've been that. But they're stepping up their game on this book even more. Um, and I love the transition between the two of them. But it's so it's so pretty, the stuff they're doing. It's just so, that's the best way to describe it, it's just pretty. Um, the action's good, but the figures are beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. Valkyrie looks incredible. Sin looks torturous. Crossbones looks badass. That the the way they have found a style that's kind of common ground between them. They're both just classic superhero artists, but distinguish the uh, the stories that are going on is very cool. So artistically, I was really impressed by the Fearless this week. Um, and then on the complete other side of things, we had Formic Wars. Silent Strike number one. Um, people are fans of Ender's Game. I've never actually read the Ender's Game book. I experienced it for the first time through comics, but this is a pretty big deal in the sense, I guess, Formic Wars is the prelude uh, set thousands of years before Ender's Game, telling the story of how it came to be. So it's a pretty exciting thing for Ender's Game's fan, fans. It's written by Aaron Johnston with art by Giancarlo Caracuzzo. A uh, cool thing for me for this is, you know, I don't, I don't keep right on top of or Orson Scott card line, but I do like to check in with it once in a while, and I never feel kind of put out because it's really just cool sci-fi concepts. I mean, this is really the story of a group of aliens coming to Earth and first contact. Pretty classic sci-fi stuff, but it's done really well. So if you're a, if you're an Ender's Game fan, this is a neat treat for you, but if you're just a comic book or sci-fi fan, you could absolutely pick this book up and just be kind of uh, kind of impressed by what you see. So it's a, it's a different kind of product, but it's, it's, it's well worth checking out. Awesome. Up next, Generation Hope, number 14, by James Asmus and Ibrahim Roberson. Uh, this is still following up on the Regenesis stuff that's going on, the post-schism world, uh, the Hope and the Five Lights, her team. They are going after a new mutant who's popped up on their radar. Uh, they have to go into some hostile territory and deal with some some crazy armed folks and some power super-powered people. The real nugget of the story is who they find and what that means to not only them but to the X-Men and to what where this story is going to go. I thought it was great being a longtime X-Men fan um, and I guess also knowing what was going on with the story. Right. You knew I he's knew on he's on, he's on the cover. He's on it's the cover. It's not a shocker. Sure, but you know <laughs> If you don't know who that is, you, yeah, true. You know, like if you don't know who that is on the cover, I can see. Like, mm. I can see the point. Yeah, uh, but I really like what Asmus does. He actually makes a note, uh, a remark back to the annuals that happened. That he wrote right. uh, a story for the annuals. Yeah, um, I think that was one of the X Men annuals. I can't remember exactly which one it was. It was it, the Uncanny X Men annual, the Steve Rogers annual, mm-hmm. and the Namor annual. Yep, they were in uh, Escape from the Negative Zone. Yeah, Cyclops and Hope were in the Negative Zone with. Uh, Namor and Cap, and it was a cool story, but there's a it touches back on that, which reminded me of a lot of stuff. Fun little things about when I was growing up reading comics, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't explicitly go, hey, read this. It was just like a note, a nod. If you did read those books, you got a little bit extra. I love that, uh, and there's a really great development for um, No Girl, a character that was created in the in Grant Morrison's new X-Men run, yep. and some cool stuff. I just, I love the way that kind of came together. Um, very excited for uh, for the next issue. Yeah, Ibrahim Roberson's doing some beautiful oh, stuff man. here too. It's like it's it's you know the best way to describe it is almost like his his pages look like they're sculpted out of clay. Ooh. There's like a very three uh, D quality to them that yeah. I really like. It looks like it looks like he whittled them um, in a very good Whittled. way. It's very cool, and I love last page you're just flipping to with uh, 
how Cyclops reacts to things that goes on in the book. I like I like Asmus's Cyclops yeah. a lot. Yeah, he he's, a lot good. he's got a little bit of snark, a little bit yeah. of attitude, but he's he's still that yeah. jerk. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hulk number forty six by Jeff Parker and Patrick Zercher wraps up Hulk of Arabia, brings uh, Red Hulk, Machine Man, and one of your favorites, Arabian Knight. Yeah. To final conflict with the new villain Sultan Magus. Uh, really cool, really powerful new villain. Uh, I'm hoping he shows up elsewhere because Jeff Parker's created a really uh, neat concept here. Um, Red Hulk kind of unleashed in this issue. Machine Man being very clever, which I like, uh, throwing some tricks out there. Arabian Nights kind of the ace in the hole. It's, it, it's really a big fight issue. The the issues up to here have been you know building up this villain, Sultan Magoose, establishing establishing the plot, establishing what's going on. This is where it kind of all you know it throws down and gets back to the emotional heart of Red Hulk, why he's there. He's trying to avenge a friend of his who he felt he did wrong. And in the end, uh, it's it's a different kind of ending. And it may not satisfy everyone, but it leaves things open for some interesting stuff to come. We'll leave it at that. But this has been a very cool been a very cool arc in terms of Jeff Parker creating a new world, a new location, a new villain. I applaud him for that. And I, I hope to see more of Sultan Magoose. Yeah, and of course, more of Arabian Night. Always. Uh... Also on the Hulk front this week, we have Incredible Hulk, Volume 3, Number 3, by Jason Aaron, with line art by Mark Silvestri, and uh, some colors by Sonny Go of IFS. Um, we, I mention that because it's, it's actually got a, a different look than some of uh, Mark Silvestri's other recent work. It's really, it comes together really well with all the colors, um, but Mark does a, such a kick-ass job on this. His Hulk, I guess part of it's he's got the beard, he's got the long hair, he's got this this barbaric look that is different from Planet Hulk barbar- the barbarian style that he was going for before. Um, great book. And you've got Bruce Banner's Island of Dr. Moreau creepiness so going creepy. on with the Boar Brothers who Bruce I really Boar like Brothers, these characters. Man. I feel bad for them. Well, th- that was the thing. I read this issue and I got angry at Jason Aaron. Seriously. I got, I got pissed at Jason Aaron for what he does to these characters. They're, they're, they're simple guys. They're just yeah. these gigantic brutes they're 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 two boars that have been hulked up essentially and they rely on each other they have a very close-knit bond which is established really you know quickly within these couple of stories and hulk beats the crap out of them to the point where he does some terrible like he's hulk they're trying to hurt him they're trying to get him to to come to banner but it just me it it bummed me out the things that get that the Boar Brothers get put through and the way that they're left, the last page is all about the Boar Brothers, and I was not happy with Jason Aaron. So if you're looking for a comic that will make you angry this week... Yeah. It's a great... <laughs> I love the book. I really do. But I was angry at Jason Aaron for putting these characters through this stuff, he, which is... He gets your emotional investment. He does, and that... That is a testament to him. Mm-hmm. But man, I want these Boar Brothers to like. I want Night Nurse to come in and like bandage them up and, and fix them up and make them okay. Yeah. And I want them to be happy and and be like brothers uh, that survive. That, that would be Night Nurse's sister, Night Veterinarian. Yeah, Night Vet. Night Vet. Night. No, all right. Done. Put that in the hopper. Yeah. Meanwhile, Invincible Iron Man number five eleven, uh, continuing the fallout from Fear itself, but really moving past to we've got this big kind of conspiracy arc now where the Mandarin. Has Obadiah Stain working for him? Not Obadiah, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. His kid, his kid Ezekiel Zeke. Stain. Zeke Stain. Uh, he's got him working for him, but as we talked about last issue, he brought Blizzard back with a new look. This this issue, he brings back Living Laser, 
who has been all Salvador LaRocca'd up. Looks very cool. Fights yeah. Iron Man. Living Legend's always been a badass villain, so seeing him get jumped up to the next level is cool. But at the same time Iron Man deals with Living Laser, there is all sorts of things going wrong. It's stark resilient. They got a mole in the company. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Bethany Cabe and Pepper Potts do not get along. There's a great scene between the two of them where Bethany Cabe, Bethany Cabe, I mean, I like her, man. She's, she's just... She's a she, tough lady. She don't take no crap. She don't take no crap from nobody. Uh, I like I like what Matt Fraction's establishing, you know, with the company. What's going on with them? It's as important as the Iron Man stuff. He's really uh, really putting Tony Stark through the ringer, and also, of course, still touching on the fact that Tony Stark, you know, did fall off the wagon or in fear itself, had a drink, and they're dealing with the consequences of that. It's a beautiful looking book, uh, as always. Salvador Luca. It's a very complex book. Um, it continues to be one of our one of our flagships. Be proud of Legion of Monsters number three by Dennis Hopeless and Wanzo. I really dug this issue. Uh, big focus on Morbius the Living Vampire and kind of a, a murder mystery that they've been trying to crack this whole time. Him, Elsa Bloodstone, and the whole Legion of Monsters crew trying to figure out what's making the denizens of Monster Metropolis go crazy and homicidal. Uh, they had Son of Satan's help this issue. This issue, they get more unexpected help from Dracula of all people, but basically, uh. It all ties in to Morbius's past, an incident he's been trying to forget about. I thought Dennis Hopeless did a great job kind of cracking the emotional surface of these obscure monster characters, particularly Morbius, and really getting you invested um, as far as, you know, why you should care about them, what's been going on in their past, writes great Elsa Bloodstone, um, writes a lot of cool conflict, and like I said, got Dracula. It's pretty cool stuff as well, but really building on, uh, you know, what... What Rick Remender created back during the Franken Castle days and expanding another corner of the Marvel Universe and some characters who don't always get some love. Wando. Gorgeous. What can you say, man? He's a gorgeous man. He's a gorgeous man who does gorgeous things and has uh, a gorgeous I'm, baby. Oh, Shout out very to, gorgeous uh, baby. to Wando's newborn. Yeah. Wando's Wando's newborn definitely contributed to this book just by being awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like his Dracula a lot. Yeah. I wasn't sure what look they were gonna go with. He ended up going with the New school white-haired Dracula, and he really pulled it off. So, great book. Yep. Also this week, one of my favorites, New Mutants number thirty-five by Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, and Mr. David Lopez. Uh, I, I can't even, I can't even put into words. I hate this book so much because I love it. I, I say that every week, but really, I think part of it is David does faces in a way that is just so natural, but so emotive. I'm looking at uh, there's a there's a two panels side by side with Blink, X Men, and Danny Moonstar. Which um, one? That's the best. That that's just an amazing three people you can put in a panel. But each of them looks completely different. And has different reactions and reacts to the text that Abdent and Lanning put together in such perfect ways. There's great dynamics with all the team. Um, Right here, you're getting Blink actually getting folded into the New Mutants and their yeah. mission. Whether she wants to or not. Right. Their mission was to get Blink. They, they had to figure out where Blink was and, and save her, sort of give her the offer to come back to Utopia and be with the mutants. But it's actually bigger and more. there's more going on that they need to deal with. And they need Blink's help. Blink needs their help. You've got Warlock just being awesome and fantastic. You've got all the New Mutants characters. Nate Gray, I just love the way he's come back. He's sort of sardonic. and I think, yeah, I think Edmund Lane's Nate Gray is fantastic. He is a 
total extension of what he was back in the 90s, but he's basically that, that guy who was really cool in the 90s and now is kind of almost, stick with me for a second if you will, he's, he's like, he's heading into his late 20s and he's still, you know, he hasn't changed his clothes or anything. Yeah. And now that he's with a bunch of younger kids, they're kind of like, dude, like, are you, are you really, do you really think you're that cool? And he's just like, yeah, kind of, man. <laughs> He's just like this aging hipster who's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love their take on Nate Gray, and everyone makes fun of him. Yeah, it's great. Well, it, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I there also in this issue you have the band Discord, which is a metal band that was created. They they've got these powers. Where do they get the powers? What do the powers really mean? What are they doing to the world? Um, there's all, some some big clues laid out in this issue um, and big bad stuff that happens to Cypher uh, really leads into what's going to happen next issue. Big throwdown we assume as Blink has joined up with the New Mutants and again I gotta say David Lopez maybe my favorite artist of 2011 uh, and that's that's he's at least up there with yeah. with guys like Paolo and um, it's, it's just been an amazing year. If you've looked at his Mystic yeah. work and you've looked at his New Mutants work uh, you'll, I'm, I'm Sure, you'll agree with me. Uh, this may not be the best issue to jump into New Mutants with. You probably jump back a yeah. couple issues. You'll you'll pick stuff up, and there's you can a great pick up all the Regenesis issues. Yeah, pick up the Regenesis mm-hmm. issues because this is really one of my favorite books right now. All right, from Mutants to Gunslingers, we got Six Guns, number three of five. It is the Western epic being told by Andy Diggle and Davide Gianfelice. Uh, I kind of talked about last time we talked about Six Guns. It really is a mashup of a bunch of things. It's a, it's a crime mystery. Uh, it's, a, it's a drama. It's an ensemble piece where you've got all these gunfighters converging on San Diablo. And you find a kind of start finding Wait, did out. you mean San Diego? No, San Diablo. San right Diablo. I know. San Diablo. Saint Diablo. Um, Saint Devil. Start finding out that there's some shady dealings going on there. Uh, there's, there's, there's a company down there, Blackguard. Um, who they basically set up... They, they kidnapped Tarantula um, from Heroes for Hire. They had Black Rider and his crew do it, then killed all of Black Rider's gang. They had something to do with the disappearance of the new two-gun kid's brother, and in the midst of this, Tex Dawson, who's a, a ranger, uh, his partner got killed in the, in the conflict. Matt Slade uh, is a military dude who's kind of converging. It's all these players converging, and it's just some really... Awesome old school cowboy action drawn by Davide Gianfelice. I really like this new two gun kid. Yeah, it's just this this kid who learned how to shoot by using PlayStation and uh, kills a guy in this issue. It was just kind of like, oh wow, that's not like how it was in the video games. <laughs> I love Black Rider, who's this big burly biker, like out of uh, Sons of Anarchy. Style. Exactly. Yeah, you could see him much. on that show, Raising Hell. Very much. He would be. Yeah, that, that actually reminds me of this a lot. And then Tex Dawson is this kind of goody two shoe guy who's just wants to do the right thing. You know, just classic cowboy stuff. And Tarantula hasn't really gotten to do much, but she she has a badass moment. In this issue kind of breaks out. I said it's a cool it's a cool meeting of the Marvel universe, the Western genre, motorcycle gangs and murder mysteries all going on in San Diablo, sunny San Diablo, San Diablo. Sunny San Diablo. From San Diablo to Victorian era London, we've got Thunderbolt number 167 by Jeff Parker and Declan Shalvey, colors by Frank Martin. Love this book. It you know, Jeff Parker has taken over uh, and pushed this book into some great places with the time-traveling Thunderbolts. You've got them right deep in the middle of Jack the Ripper stuff, and it really it folds right into the history 
mixes it around, makes it Marvel University, and does some really cool things. You've got great character um, updating with uh, uh, Troll. Uh, she does. She she's become this pivotal character on the team. New, you know, from uh, established, you know, about a year ago, but. I like where they're taking her and the way that they're updating her character and making her learn from the other Thunderbolts and, and tweaking little things here and there. She's one of my she's become one of my favorite characters on the team, but it's great. You've got Satana, you've got uh, uh, Mr. Hyde, you've got Boomerang. I mean, it, it's it's a really great team. And you, in the present time, you've got Luke Cage's team trying to locate them. So you've got this other dynamic, and you know it's going to come to a head. I mean, you probably know it's going to come to a head. We're talking about this makes sense. Yeah. Um, Great book. I love the, like I said, I love what they did with the Ripper stuff, um, and you know, bringing the the different characters together and then setting them up and where they're going next. Well, got a little Black Knight action. It's gonna yeah. be fun. Not the Black Knight we know. Not uh, different what, Black Knight. What, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also this week, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number five. I can I say for a second, I love that cover. Oh. I love Carrie Andrews cover, which is just Spider-Woman socking Miles Morales in the face with a sound effect on the cover, which yeah. I don't have nearly enough of in a big star. But it, it, it it's seamless. It falls into the background, but pops up at the same time. Yep. He has done some really great covers. They're, they're dynamic, and they're iconic, and they really work. Um, and it's what's on the cover with Spider-Woman and the new Spider-Man feeds directly into the story. She's The two of them are having a little tiff. Because she is quite angry that someone else is running around the rooftops of New York City in a Spider-Man costume. And rightfully so. Yeah. She's a clone of Peter Parker. Yeah, she basically is Peter Parker yeah. with, with long hair and other stuff. Other other stuff. That's other, good. Other implements. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yep. Um, and then you've got, you, you sort of established that she's now involved. The Ultimate's really hardcore, and you get them on the Triskelion, and you get Ultimate Spider-Man, the new Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales' first big challenge yeah it's not a first big challenge is because not only is he dealing with completely getting caught his his identity is is totally compromised and he's got to deal with nick fury and shield he's also got his real his first major supervillain problem because you've got electro who manages to as he always would break out of of uh his his being held captive yeah. by the ultimate. Yeah, the Triskelion is a horrible jail. Yeah, they don't they hold anyone. They don't hold anyone cap captive ever. Yeah, uh, but he succeeds in tackling and and fighting back the ultimates. Electra yeah. does, and then you get you get a really great moment, and you get to see that Miles Morales as Spider Man is not exactly he's not Peter Parker no. on on any level, but. From his powers to his costume to his identity to his persona his to his mindset, his mindset, everything. He doesn't just barrel in and start throwing punches. He actually has to, you know, he's he's an underdog. He has yeah. to figure out how to make this work. Yeah, and uh, it's great. Last page, it's you know, finishes up this this first introductory story. Yep. Really get you caught up on who Miles Morales is. Um, and again, can't say enough great things about Brian Michael Bendis, and can't say even more nice things about Sarah Pacelli who is a, another one of those artists who, for me, in 2011, just annihilated the competition. Annihilated it. Yeah. Because this is a competition. Comp it is. Every, everyone's winning. Yeah. Uncanny X-Force number 19. This is a book that is so packed with good stuff that the only conceivable way for me to sum it up is I literally have to have it open in front of me and just kind of flip, <laughs> just talk about some of the awesome things on it. We got Phantom X Train. First of all, Phantom X has a great issue. He is fantastic on every page. His serious stuff is great. 
His funny stuff is great. It's awesome. He's talking to Genesis, who is this apocalypse clone he's been changing. Didn't, wasn't that, all right, before yeah, we go over, there go was ahead. a Genesis character. There was. I, right? That was, was Cable's, Cable's son. son. Cable's son, Tyler, yeah. Tyler Dayspring. Tyler Dayspring. And I'm sure Rick Remender's aware of that, because he knows oh, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, but uh, I think that's something to keep in mind and let yeah. that simmer on your yeah, little brain. Yeah, let that simmer. Man. But Phantom X and Wolverine are kind of setting Genesis up for his next phase, but Phantom X's little pep talk and him is great. We are bidding farewell to the Age of Apocalypse characters, except for one who's sticking around to join the team. That's very cool. Fantastic one-page interaction between Deadpool and Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth. This defines for me why I love Rick Remender's Deadpool. He's just this, like, you know, he's his usual nonstop stream of consciousness, babbling, crazy person, but also there's some heart to him. You know that you know there's heart in every Deadpool incarnation, but but there's there's something about the uncanny X Force Deadpool who really kind of cares and shows it at the weirdest times. Love it. Um, we have the new. We have what happened to Warren Worthington, which is just crushing. Um, I don't want to get uh, too much into it, but it's like we, uh, we ended the Dark Angel saga with Warren Worthington as a blank slate. He didn't know who Psylocke was after she had just done everything in her power to number one kill him, and then. She gave him this incredible, like, th- this, this imagined psychic life they had. We find out for him here, because he came back and he didn't know who he wa- who she was. We find out what's going to be going on with Warren Worthington. I, I don't call him Archangel. I don't even know. But he's another crazy character. Yeah. Psylocke is going to some terrible stuff. Fantastic scene between Wolverine and Phantom X, where Phantom X basically unpacks for Wolverine everything he's been doing since the series started, why he did it. They're like an old married couple. <laughs> it's great. We have a guest appearance by Beast and Kitty Pride, uh, which completely changes the name of what X-Horse is, who knows about X-Horse, stuff like that. And finally, we wrap up on some very surprising, not too surprising if you've seen the covers to the next few issues, but still somewhat surprising last page of who shows up, someone related to Psylocke, Phantom X, who's been very kind of cocky this whole issue, gets his head handed to him. And that gives me a chance to talk about Robbie Rodriguez, who's yep. the artist on this issue. Yep. Really cool. Speaking of sound effects, he works sound effects into all this stuff. He's got this cool, loose, um, very like kinetic style. It's just very like scratchy and neat. Oh man, it's just it's 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 a masterpiece of an issue, both writing and art, packed with so much good stuff that you can't believe it's it's an epilogue issue. We had this great big story yeah. of Dark Angel Saga, and then you know normally you take a beat break whatever no man this issue is so packed it was i love it it was, yeah. it was it was delightful it was like a cool down issue that never cools down yeah it heats back up and gets you ramped up for what's going on in, in the next bunch of issues for uncanny exactly i love it going right back to back rick remender venom number 11 rick remender wrote it Lamadina drew it kind of like how we talked about amazing spider-man wasn't really a spider-man issue this week mm-hmm. venom isn't really a venom issue it's about the new jack-o'-lantern his arch nemesis is the secret origin and i'm not going to go into details here other than to say this is a sick grotesque kind of really dark humor origin this character who's kind of just been like you know a henchman up until this point he basically is tagging along venom on this horrible mission that venom is forced to undertake by crime master who's bribing him and along the way, they're on a road trip, and oh my god, Jack O'Lantern just does the most <laughs> horrible things, but he also tells Venom in the process. He, he First of all, he thinks they're on like some sort of re- weird frat boy bonding trip. They kind of are. They are, in a sense. He's like this terrible, awful version of Deadpool, yeah. the way he talks. He like makes Deadpool just look like so sane and like settled, <laughs> but man, it's really gross. Slam does some gross art, and... 
it's gross in a good way. Uh, this is this is if you if you want to meet a really kind of disturbing but really interesting new villain, and also just follow you know the crushing life of Flash Thompson as he <sighs> continues on the road, Venom number eleven. Yeah. Thanks, Rick Remender, yeah. for just destroying <laughs> so many people's lives. Yeah. You and Jason Aaron should get awards for just doing horrible, horrible, horrible things to your characters. Yeah. Speaking of Jason Aaron, uh, we've got Wolverine number 20 by Jason Aaron, Renato Guedes, and inks by Jose or William Magales. Man, I'm not as good as pronouncing these names as you are, Ben. You just gotta roll it off the tongue. I'm you don't naturally. roll it off the don't, tongue. Don't, don't try. That's the key. Just let it happen. After last issue was great because we had this sort of Wolverine, you know, coming together, getting his, his stuff in order. And you think, all right, they're coming back to New York. He's got Melita with him, his girlfriend. Things are all hunky dory. It's going to be great. Nope. You got Kingpin. You've got these two awful, cannibalistic, gross dudes, the Buzzard Brothers. Um, I want to oh, see the I Buzzard Brothers f- fight the, uh, the Boar Brothers. Oh, that would be such a. And they're both Jason Aaron characters. He's got a thing about brothers. Yeah. Put, I'm putting the pieces he has together. A brother. Dun dun. Oh, find out. Can you imagine Justin Aaron? Yeah, Justin Aaron, and he's just in sick and just a sick and twisted, yeah. but really friendly, yeah. really nice. Uh, but on top of all that, you've got Wolverine um, dealing with um, hand stuff, with uh, Yakuza stuff. There's talk about Silver Samurai. There's talk about uh, the all the crime stuff. You've got an ex-girlfriend of Wolverine's, yeah. causing a little bit of trouble. This is all setting up for Wolverine 300 and uh, Jason Aaron's final arc. On Wolverine. Man, that's a bummer. I forgot about that. Thanks Wolverine for reminding me. Wolverine can only take so much Jason Aaron, you I know? guess. Uh, I think. But the real, the, I think the, the biggest point of all this is it brings back a character who we knew was coming back. Yes. Sabretooth, um, he gets his, uh, his bad self back in the game yeah. in this issue. You're going to see a lot more of him real soon. And uh, yeah, I love me some Sabretooth. Speaking of Jason Aaron and Wolverine, Wolverine the X-Men number three, concluding the first arc of Wolverine the X-Men. Uh, here's where we stand. The Jean Grey school is being attacked by the Hellfire Club's gang of monsters, led now by a new Krakoa. Now, you, of course, remember Krakoa, the living island. Of back course. Back giant size X-Men number one. Basically, everyone is down and out. They don't know what they're doing, so it's all down to Quentin Quire, Kid Omega, one of Jason Aaron's favorite characters. This is really a spotlight issue of Quentin Quire. It really is. You know, there's other stuff going on around him, but it's really all about him. He is, uh, it just starts the issue as him as this being this like brooding, like, oh, what's he going to do? He's this loose cannon. And then some of the new students, Kid Gladiator, uh, Edie, and Brew. Brew. I love they, Brew. They kind of like stumble into his room and Kid Omega's doing his whole big bad arc and they're kind of like, hey man, who are you? And he's like, what? How do you not know who I am? I'm Kid Omega. I started the ride yeah. at Xavier's. I started the ride at Xavier's. They're like, yeah, we don't know what that is. Oh, man. It's, it's <laughs> funny, like witty, but like cool character building stuff. So Kid Omega's basically like, screw these guys. They don't know who I am. I'm going to go beat, I'm going to go figure this whole situation out. So he goes and just proves to be you know awesomely powerful awesomely charismatic funny doesn't take really credit for anything that he does but finds a way to save the school uh we have great stuff with iceman with beast with rachel gray with wolverine with the new hellfire club it's another insanely packed book art by chris pachalo you know it seems like everything he draws, he was born to draw. So maybe he was just born to draw, period. But the Krakoa stuff he does here. Love Krakoa. I love this new yeah. Krakoa. Krakoa is just a great character in general because Krakoa, number one, Quentin Quire forms this weird bond with Krakoa and kind of like sympathizes with him. He's like, oh, man, you're just a giant 
angry island, but you don't want to be that yeah, way. You don't have to do that. He's a sympathetic, but yeah, he's still a giant angry island. We got the Bamps running around, causing mischief. Anybody who wants to complain about Marvel not having any new characters or new ideas and stuff, Wolverine the X Men. Read this happening. dang book. Yeah, Kid Gladiator too. Oh. That guy's fantastic. He's a you know teenage version of Gladiator who's just a just a jerk. Yeah, but just wants to fight and he's like. Ear to ear grin through the yep. whole issue because he can yep. punch people. Oh, just love it, man. This was this was another great answer. And I loved, I don't know if you noticed, that uh, Chris Pichala, did you see where he signed on the front here? I did not. The toilet thing, where, where the, the spinner is in the toilet, that's Chris Pichala's signature. Oh, yeah, look at that. Pull up your issues at home. Look at the toilet on the front and see if you can find Chris Pichala's old shop. Yeah, but, that, that's one of my favorite covers of the year. Yeah, this is definitely. a great cover. This is a great cover. This is in the running for Twim of the Week. As we've been... As we've been Going over stuff, I've 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 had some thoughts. Yeah. What our tweet of the week is, I think Uncanny X Force is running ahead of the pack for me. But God, this could take it easily. Daredevil could take it. Ultimate Comics Spider Man. Like you said, best week of comics in a while. So I don't know. It might be tough to give a tweet of the week this week. We, I think we got to finish and then discuss. Yeah, we have a might have a quadrology of, yeah. of tweet of the weeks. Um, also, two more books left for this week. We've got X twenty three number nineteen by Marjorie Liu, Sana Takeda. Um, you've got the wrap up to the sort of adventures and ba- misadventures and babysitting arc where uh, X23 and Hellion are in space dealing with a collector. Um, you've got Valerie and Franklin um, sort of having a good time, really. They, yeah. Like, they're in space and they're Ooh, in trouble. If yeah. you were a kid, yeah, this is a blast. Awesome. Fantastic time. Yeah, uh, uh, things get really hairy for one, at one point. But it turns out well for them. Uh, you've got the big dragon who I just love this big dragon and you do have a soft spot for big dragons. I do have a I have a big spot for big Drag. soft spot for soft dragons. I don't know, man. Yeah, um, there's, there's a great moment where everything has gone wrong and they only have ten minutes to get back home before uh, the the Richards come home. It's called Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic, and there's just this great little. Like, there would be a great montage. Oh, if yeah. this were a movie, there Absolutely. would be a great montage, some killer music, and they'd be cleaning up and getting everything sorted. Ah, uh, uh, I love this book. I'm, yeah, and I, lo- and I, and I, love, uh, I love the way the conversation that Hellion and X-23 finally had. Yep. It just adds another layer to X-23. Yeah. I'll be honest, I wasn't a huge Sana Takeda fan before this book, um, but she's completely won me over yeah. with these issues uh, totally and completely. I love the way she draws everyone. She, especially X twenty three. She gets that angst that like that she's trying to find emotion, but she just doesn't have it yet. She's building, yeah. building, building. Angst. Uh, what? Angst. Angst. You've heard the word. It's angst. Angst. No, uh, it sounds like you're saying onk. No, like, no, I didn't, I didn't say onk. Go on. Uh, and she's also eating pizza, which is big thumbs up for me. Yeah, hate it. <laughs> yeah, you can't eat it. Lactose intolerant. Thanks Final for nothing, book. X23. Final book of the week, X Factor number 229. Uh, I love the cover, first of all, in this character, one of these char- in this issue, one of these characters will die, and it's all multiple man on yeah. the cover. So, yeah, multiple man can die. It happens. Spoiler. Yeah, Peter David, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Lupacino, um, who, Emmanuel Lupacino's X Factor issues are just gorgeous. There's something to the way. He draws the characters that is is amazing. It reminds me of the Dodsons. It reminds me of oh, Frank yeah. Cho. I can see that. It, not in a way that is aping those styles, but is 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 doing something in that realm mm-hmm. where these characters are full body. They they feel very real. They have the flesh and blood. They they look like 
real people, but they're also enhanced in a way that is very comic book like, and it's. I just I love the art, um, but in this you've got this weird alternate world yeah. where um, I where, love Shatterstar. Uh, this Shat- alternate world, Shatterstar and Longshot, the, they're brothers. Yeah, but, which is is terrific. You well, got- the thing is, they call each other brother, but multiple man asked someone was like, wait, do they mean like brother, like brother in arms, or like brother? And they don't have time to answer. No, why would they? <laughs> Uh, but it, it's all about the, the wedding of Layla Miller with Jamie Madrax and all the bad stuff that's gone down. Yep. And it plays off stuff that Peter David's been seeding for... How many issues has he been Peter doing David, this? Peter David does not play the short game, my friend. And I love remember, it. Remember he wrote Incredible Hulk for like 25 years? Yeah, it was 26 years. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Uh, but there's definitely something gone wrong, gone crazy in this in this issue. And you, I don't... It sets up... A new direction for the team, but uh, Jamie Madrox is dealing with some crazy problems, and I know we're going to find out more about that in the future. Yes, we are. So that's it for the new comics on sale. Um, our twim of the week. It's tough. I, after listening to you talk about Wolverine and the X Men, yeah. I lean towards Wolverine and the X Men. Although I could pick Daredevil, I could pick Uncanny X Force. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's tough. I think I think those three are, are strong. I, after reassessing, after reading myself, I'm kind of leaning towards Uncanny X Force now. Yeah. Just because of all the stuff that happened, but Wolverine and the X Men. I say we just go for all three, man. Yeah. Try twin. Triple threat. Try twin. Try try twin. Yeah. That sounds dirty. I yeah. like it. <laughs> Daredevil, Uncanny X Force, and Wolverine and the X Men. But man, that's just scratching the surface. There's, you know, Ultimate Comics, Spider Man, Fantastic yeah. Four. All these books could have been. I think it's the twin week of the week. This yeah. week in Marvel of the week of the week. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Of the year. All right. So you got that. Now collections on sale. Collections on sale. Thanks to our new friend Max Beckman who provided us with these. Cheapgms.com, I think, on yeah. Twitter. I'm going to run them down real quick. We have a new printing of the Avengers Defenders War. Classic first meeting between those two teams. We have Captain America and Bucky, Life of Bucky Barnes from your hardcover. It's the first collection of... Uh, Captain America and Bucky by Ed Brubaker, Mark Andreaco, and Chris Samney. We have the third Essential Fantastic Four being reprinted. Um, that's issues 41 through 63 in annuals 3 and 4. So classic old school Stan Lee, Jack Kirby stuff. We have Fantastic Four by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo, Ultimate Collection, book 4. Um, it is the final volume, mm. kind of closing things up. Uh, got some Avengers Disassembled stuff in there, Galactus, other big stuff. Got Jubilee by Robert Kirkman, collecting the uh, Jubilee series by Robert Kirkman and Derek Donovan. That's some interesting stuff. A uh, Marvel Masterworks of Golden Age USA Comics, the second volume of that. Got all sorts of crazy characters like the Victory Boys, the American Avenger, uh, Roko the Amazing, the Blue Blaze, and the Fighting Hobo. (gasps) It's pretty good, man. It's pretty Uh, good. How have we not done more with the Fighting Uh, Hobo? I'm surprised on that. Got Siege Hardcover, which collected the Siege of the Cabal, Siege Prologue, One Shots, as well as all four issues of Siege, Siege Director's Cut, New Avengers Issues, Dark Avengers Issues, all sorts of stuff there. Spider-Man Chapter 1, which was John Byrne's uh, late 90s reimagining of Spider-Man. We have got the Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, Death of Spider-Man Prelude, the uh, Brian Bendis with various artists leading up to the death of Ultimate Peter Parker. And finally... What I'm going to be reading on the train today, the Wolverine by Greg Rucka Ultimate Collection, with Greg Rucka's entire run on Wolverine. 
Great Derek Robertson art in that. Yes, excellent Derek Robertson art. I don't yep. think there's any other such thing. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, day and date digital comics, as you know, a lot of our comics are available on the Marvel app and in your local comic shop, same day. So for this week, um, you can pick up Amazing Spider-Man 676, Dawkins Dark Wolverine number 18, Fantastic Four 601, Fear Itself, The Fearless number 5, Formic Wars Silent Strike number 1, Generation Hope number 14, Incredible Hulk number 3, John Carter or Princess of Mars number 4, The Marvel Holiday One-Shot, New Mutants number 35, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number 5, Uncanny X-Men number 19. X-Force. Uncanny X-Force. Yep. Did I say X-Men? You did. Yeah. It's Uncanny right. X-Force number 19, Venom number 11, Wolverine and the X-Men number 3, Wolverine number 20, X-23 number 19, X-Factor 229. All of those available however you like, whether it's digital or in print. Pick them up. Um, can't say enough good stuff about the books out this week. Additionally, we've got digital comics released on the app that is some of our older stuff, even if it's by a few weeks or if it's by several years. We've got all five issues of the Carnage limited series that came out uh, earlier this year. Fear Itself, number 7.3 with Iron Man. We have all, well, we have the first nine issues of Heroes Reborn Captain America from 1996. I don't think you can handle all the yeah. issues in one week. Yeah. So three, we'll get more Three more to come, yeah. but... Uh, we have uh, the first Jeff Parker issues of Hulk, uh, number 25 through 30. We have Invincible Iron Man, number 500, one of my favorite so good. issues the last couple of years, plus 501 and 502. The first six issues of the most recent volume of New Avengers and Runaways from 2005, number 25 through 30. Fantastic. Also on the app this week, some collections. You can get Civil War on the app, Marvel Zombies 2, uh, which is great, Kirkman and Sean Phillips. New Avengers, Volume 4, The Collective. Spider-Man, Brand New Day, Volume 3. X-Force, Volume 2, Old Ghosts. And X-Men, Mutant Genesis. Mutant Genesis, that's the... Uh, that is Chris Claremont, Jim Lee? Yeah, what's up the now? Stuff. That's the stuff, that's man. That's the stuff. Uh, in addition to the app, we also have Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, which you can find on marvel.com. We released several new comics there this week. Let me run them down for you. We released Amazing Spider-Man Extra, number 2. Uh, issues number 44, 45, 46, and 47 of the current Deadpool series. We uh, released Chaos War Dead Avengers number 2, Heroes for Hire number 3, I'm an Avenger number 5, which features an awesome uh, Greg Rucka Captain America story, which actually won some awards. Uh, Secret Avengers number 9, and then just today, well yesterday we also released X Factor number 215. Just today we put out Wolverine Jubilee number three plus issues six through nine of the current X23 series. And coming out for the rest of this week, we get some classic Thor stuff. We have Thor issues number 455 through 461 coming out tomorrow. And then on Friday, we will catch you up with Black Panther, the Man Without Fear, issues number 515 through 519. Which is awesome if you're a Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscriber and you haven't read Black Panther in recent months. Such a good book. So good. Uh, all right, so that covers all the comics you can get this week, all the new releases. What about games, movie stuff? So the only thing available um, on my radar right now is Thor Table for Zen Pinball on iOS. It's an in-app purchase for the Zen Table, which is free. So you pick up the free app, Zen Pinball, download the Thor Table. Um, it's, it's a super lot of fun, and we'll talk a little bit about Marvel Pinball the rest of the show. On TV, um, this week, you can catch Robert Downey Jr. on Jimmy Kimmel. That's on the 23rd, so I think that's yeah. Friday? 
That seems right. Let's see. Today yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday. Yeah, today's the 21st. So I Friday. saw Robert Downey Jr. on David Letterman last week. Yeah, he's, he's very great. funny. Uh, he's amazing. Very funny. Uh, December 26th, you can catch Spider-Man the movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman on The View. And Punisher Warzone will be on... We'll be playing somewhat. Who put yeah. this list together? I don't know. There is no channels for any of this, so yeah. all we can tell you is the day that the movie will be on. You're just gonna have to find somewhere, and no, we don't know what time. I'm for pretty Spider-Man. sure Stromy did this. Yeah, let's say Stromy did this. Stromy left for no, vacation. No, Stromy couldn't have done this actually. I don't know. Who our, did it. our exiting intern John Tancredi was the only uh, one who had access the to late this. Late John Tancredi. Yeah, his last yeah. act was giving us this. Chaos. You know, I should say he did tweet me last night to tell me he started reading Executioner's song. I saw. So I can't be too mad at. Good it. Good job, John. Yeah. All right, so latest news for the week. Ben, why don't you kick us off? Sure. We had a Wolverine number 300 live blog last week with Mr. Jason Aaron where he announced it was going to be his final arc on Wolverine, but also talked about what is going to be coming up in that arc. Very exciting stuff. New Silver Samurai, big happenings going on in Japan. Kind of the Wolverine story he's always wanted to tell. Check out the replay on that. We showed the first look at Astonishing X-Men number 46. We announced that... uh, Ant-Man, Hulk, and Doctor Strange will all be receiving their own Season 1 graphic novels, and we spoke to Ant-Man Season 1 writer Tom DeFalco. Uh, We are teaming with Disney to launch a Toy Story comic. Lots more details on that. Original stuff, right? Yeah, all new Toy Story stuff. I know folks have asked about that before. There you go. It's happening. Um, We're branching out into the world of prose novels. Uh, It's going to be a big initiative, and we're starting with Civil War. We have all the details for that online. Written by Stuart Moore. Correct, written by Stuart Moore, former uh, editor and writer here at Marvel. Current writer, I guess, because he's writing this, so yep. that makes sense. <laughs> um, we spoke to WWE champion CM Punk on video. Uh, it was actually hours before he won the WWE title. Uh, our own James Viscardi got out and talked to him about his love of comics. He's a he's like he's Twitter buddies with Ed Brubaker. Loves Captain America, loves Criminal. Uh, talked about Jason Aaron. Talked about why he's like Doctor Doom. Great, uh, which is pretty fun. Uh, we finished up our Secret Avengers spotlight with Giant Man and Venom. So if you're getting psyched for Secret Avengers, uh, you get the, the lowdown on all those guys. And finally, we debuted our solicits for March. So everything coming in March, including Avengers vs. X-Men, is now on Marvel.com. All right, and with that, I have actually got a train to catch for Massachusetts. Uh, Agent M, I wish you the happiest of holidays, and I am going to go get... Associate Editor Lauren Sankovich, who's going to take my spot temporarily, no matter how good she is, on the uh, the Twitter questions section of This Week in Marvel. So I'm going to go grab her. Uh, you won't even notice because this will be masterfully edited, but I wish a happy holidays to everyone listening to us. Thank you so much for the, helping us with the success of this show, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, Ben. Um, actually, Lauren Sankovich said, I don't want to be on your stupid dang podcast. I don't like them podcasts no more anyway. Amazing um, hillbilly. Yeah, right? She's horrible. <laughs> uh, instead, I brought in Janine Schaefer, my friend and editor of X Titles Galore. Janine, say hello. Hi. Um, this is your first time on the podcast because this is only the second time we've had someone other than <laughs> my small group in on the podcast, but I'm glad you could do it. Uh, we've been talking about having you on podcasts and other fun stuff for a while. I'm super um, excited. Yay! Before we get to the rest of uh, uh, the stuff talking with you and going through uh, the fan questions, I'm going to run through the news for the week. So on Friday last week, uh, we we heard the sad news of Joe Simon passing away. So we posted a, a little piece about Joe written by um, Jim Beard, one of my writers. It's sad news. Joe was great and co-created Captain America. So we have that. And we're actually going to do another piece with remembrances from um, different Marvel staffers. 
On top of that, we had uh, Amazing Spider-Man movie site was refreshed, revamped, redone, refund last week. Uh, you like that? Refund. I do. I like that. I'm going to start working that yeah, into things. Put that in a book. That was redone last week, so there's some cool new photos you can check out on there. On the movie front, we continue with two International Avengers movie banners. So if you guys remember the big A movie posters that we released a couple weeks back for the Avengers, last week we showed off new international ones, but international schminternational we're getting them to you guys you can check them out on marvel.com they're really cool uh, the black widow one is is totally badass I like that one a lot in game news looks like we have new figures in hero clicks online this is incredible hulk fast forces uh so if you guys are playing hero clicks online check out the new pieces that you can play with in there they're available in game and again if you're a hero clicks i don't know real world player you know, you actually play with the figures and do the, the whole fun stuff with that. You can get codes and other stuff in your in your uh, in your packs. Blade Anime premieres January thirteenth, my birthday, eleven p.m. on G Four TV. Birthday present for this guy. iTunes sale. Full seasons are now available for fifteen dollars, which is super duper savings. You get X Men Evolution. You get Wolverine and the X Men stuff through that deal. Great stuff. Yesterday, uh, we announced Marvel Avatar gear available for Xbox Live Arcade, which I've been getting questions about this. Yeah, if you're looking at the piece of paper. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I like, thought everybody knew, and it was a thing that I was Most people do. You don't know. know. You're, PS, you're a PlayStation person, I am, yeah. So that's fine. You don't know. Yeah, it is I, fine. I'm laying it down. <laughs> Marvel Avatar stuff means you can dress your, your, your avatar on Xbox Live in Marvel shirts. So there's... Um, Spider-Man, Captain America, That's there's awesome. more to come. Then there's also props. You can have Cap Shield, you can have Hulk hands, you can have Spider-Man uh, web shooters. The shirts are 80 Microsoft points, the props are 240 Microsoft points, and there's a Marvel theme that you can download. That's also 240 Microsoft points. What? Yeah, you that need an Xbox. Awesome. Yeah. I literally, I think I spent three hours when I got the PlayStation 3 doing my avatar to like walk around that Whatever. game we're not going to talk about the mall and then I just never oh, oh. no oh no not that one okay the, the, it's like you can be, it's like you dress as your person and yeah, you can like yeah. walk around uh, the mall and like, yeah and then literally never went on it like I just three hours making like the perfect beautiful avatar yep and then I was like and I'm done never <laughs> have use for this maybe you'll have more use for this there's a Thor table available for Zen Pinball we talked about this earlier but if you want to uh, if, you, if you're getting your pinball on mobile Check it out, Thor. It's uh, We just released a whole bunch of tables for pinball in different versions. This is the mobile version. And finally, Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscription code. Uh, for the holidays, we have 30% off. Woo. Use, yeah, Marvel 30 in the promo code area when you're about to check out. Save 30% off. So that's, what, 6 12 18 bucks. So you pay $42 for access to 10,000-plus 10, 10, books for, for a whole year. That's a there huge are a saving. lot of numbers happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I confused myself in that one, but it's that okay. That was awesome. Yeah, uh, but we've been talking about this. That is really cool. We actually we've we've heard from a bunch of listeners who have subscribed to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, and some who are waiting for codes. Here's the time to subscribe. You get a full year for about forty two dollars. Totally worth it. You can catch up on so many books. It's really, really great. Uh, let me know if you guys use the code and what books you're you're checking out for the first time. All right, so before we go into This Week in Marvel questions tweeted at you guys from uh, from the interwebs, Janine, tell us a little bit about what you do here at Marvel. Uh, okay, well, I work in the X office. Um, I am the Wolverine group editor. Um, edit Wolverine, um, the Wolverine miniseries that's coming out right now from Brian Wood. 
X23, Dokken, actually just started um, uh, working on, I'm um, going to be working on Astonishing nice. and X-Men also, which I'm super excited Sweet. about. So yeah, we have a great office. I love the X office. Who's your favorite character? Uh, Jubilee. Yeah, uh, why? That just, was not what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, you know, he's no, she was she's my, no cable. She was no, she is certainly no cable. Um, she was my entrance character, I think, a little bit. Like I, one of my first kind of experiences with Wolverine was the issues with her mm-hmm. and Wolverine in in on the Outback and that the whole. I and love it. I love. How could you like? How what? could you How could you ask me that question? And now we're talking about like the greatest thing ever. Uh, because I got this reaction from you. <laughs> you're smiling and we're laughing and we're having. It's a good the time. best. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. I. So I love her. I love yeah. her. Um, I'm really excited that we've brought her back. And I know that there are so many fans who were I don't know upset or or torn about the whole vampire thing. But I kind of love it because it gives her a place. Yeah, no, um, I, I love what where the, the direction the character's gone. Yeah, and I'm I'm so excited. We were able to do uh, that that Wolverine and Jubilee miniseries, um, so written good. by Catherine, drawn by Phil Noto, Catherine Minute and Phil Noto. I was about to say you can't just call her Catherine. I can't just say Catherine. Not everyone knows. Oh yeah, my Catherine. bestie Catherine. You know, <laughs> it's a Catherine Minute and yep. Phil Noto. Uh, one of my favorite books. I think it was yesterday or the day before. Someone posted on the Marvel Facebook uh, something about Twilight, but it. It had the Marvel logo over it, and it said, "Marvel." The only thing that sparkles at Marvel is Jubilee. That was really funny. <laughs> That's I, I kind of awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, she's she's terrific. All right, so tell us a little bit about a typical quote unquote day in the life for you here at Marvel. All right, um, come in, check my emails, see if any disasters have occurred overnight while I was not in the office, put out any fires that need putting out. Then Sebastian Gerner, uh, my assistant editor, and I will kind of go over what we need to do for the day, like what the most important things are, which are usually about getting actual books that are going to the printer that week out the door, making sure that art is always coming in, getting any lettering off to letterers and, and writers. Then, you know, it's really sort of looking ahead and seeing what arcs are coming up. We try to work on probably two arcs at a time is the general sometimes three um depending on you know how many how many times a book is shipping we, we do try to work ahead so that we never have any dark weeks the books are always going to be coming out we try to combat lateness by working as far in advance as humanly possible as um, humanly possible as humanly possible because we are still all humans yes. at the end of the day then you know have to deal with some Nick Lowe senior editor Nick Lowe shenanigans from next door so many shenanigans so many shenanigans uh, show tunes loud loud singing um, he was on the furniture podcast, moving yep and, and he just is such a rabble rouser he is talking smack he, about Avengers editor Tom Brevoort and <laughs> the Cuberts. He, he started he, he legitimately started a fight with Joe Cubert <laughs> That he's That's not going to so win. so random. Yeah. That sounds just about right. Yeah. Uh, little known fact that Nick Lowe and Tom Brevoort have a little bit of a prank war, mm. an ongoing prank war. I mean, I don't know the state of it currently, uh, but definitely there was a time starting a couple of years ago where there was some... There were some back and forth turning people's cover walls. I feel like you can actually hear like the. We can definitely hear Nick <laughs> singing 
like falsetto <laughs> right outside amazing. the room. I don't know if the podcast will pick it up, but I, I fingers I'm praying, crossed. I hope I'm it does. praying. This was this is not even a put on. Like nope. this is actually just. <laughs> Maybe he can hear us. I, I hope feel so. like. He's, he knew we yeah, were talking about it. He's not editing him. a book right now. He's got his <laughs> ear to the to the door, just listening. Yep, that's pretty much about right. Yeah. Um, oh, I share a wall. Like there's our desks share a wall between our two offices, mm-hmm. so we have a system of knocks that we can communicate with. But it is awesome. I, I really get to hear. I, I get the full Nick Lowe experience all day, even though we don't sit in the same office. Oh, so tangent. Yes. So uh, a couple of years ago, there was, you know, some little minor things like turning cover walls upside down and backwards and stuff like that and waiting until you noticed. Uh, This is Nick pranking Tom. Yes. Yeah. And then and then one time we had gone in and put uh, uh, pieces of tape over all of the mice in the in the hero's office so that they would the sensor wouldn't pick it up. And as one would do. Yeah, I could do, you know, Um, we left our, our calling card. Uh, little X's on everything, <laughs> and Tom retaliated by uh, putting pickles all over Nick's office because Nick does not abide pickles. So, listeners, uh, if you don't like a book that Nick Lowe edits, send him pickles. He'll like actually be mad about that. Like, oh, it's yeah, not maybe even don't a joke. do that. I like Nick. It's like not even a joke. Legitimately, I like Nick, so that's probably a bad <laughs> he, idea. That was like escalation, and I don't think that that Tom really realized. The how much of an escalation that was. Yeah. Like it was serious business. Like not not fooling around. So yeah, like I said, I don't I don't know what the current status is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that was definitely happening for a little while. We'll that have was, to check in on that. That was Next, pretty I'm funny. Have Tom on soon. So <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, what have we covered? Emails, Nick Lowe shenanigans. Um, a lot of art reviewing during the day. Yeah. So well, we I mean we constantly have art coming in, you know, because like I said, we're working on two, two arcs at a time on however X, X number of books, um, uh, har har. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we always have kind of art coming in sure. and making sure we print that out and really check it against the scripts to make sure not so much that the, the artist is doing it quote unquote correctly. Um, but more to just to make sure that, you know, the balloons will fit in and, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we and and keeping ballooning things early, kind of tr- we try to save it. These are little tiny like time saving measures. Like if I can just get, bang it out now, then I won't have to worry Every about it later. Every little bit counts. Um, then you know, like we we really keep in touch with each other. One of the things that I love about the way our office is set up here is that we all share offices, which we all you know gripe about, but in a I think loving way, mm-hmm. um, because we're actually able to have mini meetings. Uh, sort of impromptu meetings about yep. either events that are coming up or arcs or so often so many of the the things that readers love the most were stuff that came out of you know us just being able to sit you know one of us being on the phone with a writer or an artist and someone else overhearing something and oh what if you guys did this what if you know and then the writer being able to sort of jump in on that and crossovers between books really mm-hmm. occur because we're all so close to each other and always in constant contact yeah. with each other. So I do love that. I love being able to just turn to Sebastian Gurner or uh, Dan Ketchum who I also share an office with or you know yell through the wall to Nick <laughs> Nick Lowe or Jordan White um, and be able to really talk to everyone about what's going on. So impromptu meetings but then actual official meetings, you know, and then we 
usually has some, like, uh, sometimes there's some Britney Spears time. Sometimes yep. there's some Justin Bieber time. Of course. Like you do. Yeah. You know. You have to. Yep. You got to let um, loose. Uh, we all try to keep our uh, various tumblers updated. Essential. Cer at certain points during the day. Really important. Do you need to give any shout-outs to tumblers, or do you want to keep them on the secret? Oh, well, if people can find them, you should know that I have three tumblers out there that I kind of keep up with. Uh on a regular, although my well, the one that I'm most proud of is actually the one I don't have a, a, enough time to really put into is my cat's tumbler. But revamping for 2012, Good. get ready for it. Yeah, I've actually spoken to Arun nice. Singh about some stuff that I can get going there coming up. Uh, so heykidscats.tumblr.com, check it out in 2012 yeah. in the 2K12 because it's going to be. Yeah. Amazing. Coming back bigger, better than ever. Bigger, better, badder. <laughs> you mentioned writers, and uh, something I've mentioned several times, at least on this podcast and on others, is Jason Aaron's a horrible person in the things that he does to the characters that I love. <laughs> and in this this episode, we were talking about some stuff that happened in his Hulk book, but we're, I also mentioned coming off of all the crazy stuff in Wolverine, and then last issue where was sort of like the fun cool down and some getting things ready and then going to New York and him and Melita are all excited like mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna have a life and then no no all bad things are gonna continue to happen you put he puts horrible cannibal brothers in it what <laughs> yes. is, it, it can't I, just be him it's gotta okay. be you too literally he wrote I will say that I probably encourage him I mean but how can you not like yeah no I mean you, you gotta I want feed the beast to, exactly like I want to encourage him in, in all that he does okay so he sent the last script that he he just sent in sometimes he'll he'll write like just one sentence in the email that i get and it's like this one got a little rough <laughs> and it's like understatement understatement yeah. but like i think this last one he wrote like let the like let the blood orgy begin and i was like oh my god and i read it and i was like oh okay literal blood orgy okay oh, of so course. he wasn't yeah you know not just having having some fun with you <laughs> right no no so he delivers on what he promises. Yeah. No, working with Jason is awesome. I love that man. I think he is so talented. One of the things I love about him is that he can write anything. He can write any genre. He can write humor. He can write pathos. He can write, I mean, he can rip your heart out. He can yeah. make you feel terrified. He terrified me where I literally like, he wrote, it was in one of the Weapon X arcs with Dr. Rot. Uh huh. Uh, where stuff. it was like the work. Like I'm reading uh. this, and at my walk home from the subway that night at like 9 p.m., I like had my keys in my hand. Like, you know, when you, I don't know if men or if boys are taught this, but <laughs> girls are taught to hold their keys in their fist like a oh like a like a stabbing yeah implement? exactly like, like just if you in have case. to punch I actually think it's just get your keys out so that you can get into your apartment but I really took it that one step further like you should I probably should make and my you keys love into Wolverine, a weapon so it makes sense. exactly so yeah. um so we used to joke about how I he really like encouraged that behavior in me again I was like maybe I should just get my key fist at the ready here just in case, <laughs> in case Dr. So. Rock comes up behind me with a 2 by 4 yeah. I don't know it could happen. It could happen. Oh, all right. Good, good. That leaves us a lot of time to talk about um, Jason Aaron and, and horrible things next time you're on the show. But right now, we're going to go into questions from the fans. Now, I'm uh, excited about this. Yeah. it's If you guys want to send in questions, you can tweet them to me, agent underscore M, or Marvel. 
or Ben J. Morse, or just you, as long as you use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. One word, This Week in Marvel. Send your question in. I, I, I take a tally of all the questions before we record and look at what we've gotten in from the last week. So we're going to start off. And this with, is true facts, guys, because I'm actually looking at. Yeah, the, you've the not list. seen these questions until no, like, five, this a little is while it. Ago. This is the first time, but this is like true facts. Like yeah. he is actually printing these, like yeah. amassing these and printing them out. These are coming from the listeners, so we want to make sure they get what they can get. Um, five questions off the bat from RCS underscore T, uh, who's been listening for a couple weeks, um, who gave me a couple pointers on the sound, said it was a little off on one of the weeks, so we're trying to always get it, getting in feedback from you guys to make sure this is the best show we can provide to you. So first, question is, help on MDCU, is there an easy-to-use catalog of ava- available comics? The browse function only works when I know what I'm looking for. So you're looking at digital comics as as a subscriber on Marvel.com. There there's a catalog function. Um, I have it bookmarked in my my Google Chrome, so I can't remember the URL off the top of my head. But you can you can find it on there. It's if you look on the front page of Marvel.com, there's a tab that says comics, sort of below the fold. There's uh, comics on sale this Wednesday, and there's a link where you can look at what's on sale this week, and then you can sort of go from there to see other stuff. And that expands to digital comics as well. Uh, but the browse function, it, it, it works. It, you can search by series. You can search by, you know, by book, by all kinds of different stuff, by character, by creator. Um, it is pretty broad. I don't know. I can't really give you more than that because I'm not sure specifically what you're looking for. If you're looking for a better search, um, we're always trying to improve the search, so hopefully that'll work. Uh, another question from RCS underscore T. Is there a Marvel book that shows all the characters and how they relate to each other? Friend, foe, nemesis, partner. Well, I guess that would be the Marvel handbook, right? Yeah. If you look at the official Marvel handbook of the Marvel Universe. Official handbook? Official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, there's not two Marvels no. in there. There should be, though. <laughs> I'm going to rebrand that. Um, Put Marvel in as many times as, many, as Marvel, Marvel. official Marvel handbook of the Marvel Marvel. <laughs> yeah. uh, but... We have essential collections for that. We have um, current collections. We have new issues coming out. We talked about uh, this week a Defenders book, uh, Strange Defenders, I think it's called, which has my favorite Cloud in it. And, uh, you know, that that's what? essentially... Oh, yeah. Do you know Cloud? Are you familiar with the, the character of Cloud? Uh, it's okay if you're Cloud not. Cloud 9? He, she is not... No. He, she is not a very popular or well-known character. Uh, listeners to the podcast, I'm flipping open the Defender Strange Heroes uh, handbook book, which came out, and showing her the wonder that is Cloud. Uh, it's both a man and a woman. It certainly is. Yeah, it is. Look at that. All naked with them cloud bits all over it. Yep. Love Cloud. <laughs> but if you look at the handbooks, you, you do get an idea of their known relatives, group affiliation, um, appearances, powers, and extensive biographies that is your that should be your and they really just so uh listeners know these books come out on a regular basis and they're always the handbook guys are always they get the scripts they are up to date like if they have questions about stuff they ask us and we're able to ask writers and artists to answer questions so all of this is like super super updated with actual information they they do a bang up job a whiz bang job if you will (laughs) As they said in the 40s. I said it last week on the podcast. <laughs> so RCS underscore T says, starting to notice writers and artists. I, th- I believe RCS underscore T is a, rela- is a lapsed reader, hasn't read in 30 years. If I remember from a previous episode, 
that sending questions in. Hadn't read in 30 years and is now getting back into it. Says, enjoying Brian Michael Bendis, Brian Hitch team. Really starting to notice writers and artists. Who's our favorite teams? To If you, as a pure reader, Janine, if you could pick one book, who would, who would your consistent writer-artist team be? It's tough. It's really tough. That's really hard. I'm scratching my face, it's so tough. I mean, I will say that right now, I am obsessed with Daredevil. I was thinking the same thing. Uh-huh. The team of Mark Wade and Paolo Rivera. Yeah. I mean, it's just It's crazy. disgusting. It's disgusting. I want to punch it. In the face. In the face. I want to punch both of their beautiful faces. Just rip them to shreds. Just, Because it's I so hate good. Them. Life oh. ruiners, both of them. Yeah. Life ruiners. Yeah. Totally. I'm a Grant Morrison, Frank Whiteley guy as well. Their new X-Men stuff was just bananas insane, yeah. and I loved it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, Daredevil's uh, Mark Wade and Paolo Rivera is pretty poor. RCS underscore T says, Started a reading quest to catch up on Avengers and X-Men before AVX gets going. Uh, what does an arc should not miss? You from the X side, what do you, what do you think they should not miss? Uh, second Coming, I think is... X-Men Second Coming? Super pivotal yep. to this. Um, that whole thing... Second Coming, Messiah Complex, Messiah, complex, Messiah, Messiah War, Messiah War. Wait, Messiah. it goes Messiah War, Messiah Complex, or the other way around, maybe. Someone check my math on that. Yeah, check the math. And then Second Coming. Yeah. You know, and obviously we're into, you know, Schism and sure. Regenesis, but... Schism is actually, Schism is pretty pretty crucial. Pretty, yes. And then Avengers the Children's Crusade. Yep. You gotta read that. Yep. Um, Imperative. I would say if you're reading Avengers Children's Crusade, you could read House of M. That would be mm-hmm. some good help from sort of another Avengers X-Men thing that was really that shaped the way the Marvel Universe went for a while. Those are really good, and they'll start to get you in places, and you can yeah, read from there. Yeah, you can kind of branch out from there. Yeah, you can I think figure that out. That is a huge undertaking. Yeah. Kudos to you. Seriously. It's going to be fun. I wish Seriously. I could, you know, I, I talked about this on the podcast before. Working in comics, there are no surprises. And, like... There are those surprises when you initially find out, but you're not getting surprised by opening the book mm-hmm. and reading it and finding, oh, that's what happened on the last page. You know about this ahead of time. I would love to be able to go back and just read all this stuff fresh yeah. without knowing where it's going. Yeah. That's great. That's super fun. Final question from RCS underscore T. said he's playing some Marvel pinball after hearing about it on the podcast. Wolverine's table is his favorite. What is ours? Um, I don't know if you've played pinball yet. I have only played uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man. Okay. I may have a code I can give you. I can okay. hook you up. I gave it to Arun. I gave Arun and Michelle some codes. Is it for week. PlayStation? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I got it. All right. Um, <laughs> I love my PlayStation. Yeah, you do. I just want Nate to put that out there. Um, I think for me, my favorite may be the new Thor table. I like that a lot. There's, I think I, I did some crazy score on the Fantastic Four table that we released recently. I was play I actually hurt my hands from playing <laughs> pinball so hard. It was it was the worst feeling cuz like I played it was like why are my hands tired and sore from pinball? And like I have an actual ache, like a deep yeah, ache a deep in your ache. thumb, in yeah. like the joint of your thumb. Yep. Yep. It's it's that good though. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, next question from the Arnie C for a question for us, will 99 cent digital issues with 99 cent digital issue sales have, has there been thought given to discount digital collections? Digital collections, we do digital collections, and they are relatively discounted. You know, you can pick up a digital collection for a lot of our books on the Marvel app, and they are cheaper than, you know, maybe paying $2 uh, per digital issue. It may not be $0.99 cents per issue, 
but you still get them for a discount. And right now, that big 99 cent sale on the Marvel app, uh, over 175 issues are a buck a piece. And it's all stuff that can lead you into AVX. So that's actually a great point that touches on our last one. You want to get caught up, check out the Marvel app. I think I have a, a post coming up on my blog. We have a story on Marvel.com. You want to spend $175 on comics, please do, and uh, you will get a ton for your money. Question from Grey Devil 13 New Mutants and a death metal band, more comics need metal. Are they going to be an ongoing presence? Uh, well, I don't know if they're going to be an ongoing presence, but uh, editor, New Mutants editor Sebastian Gurner uh, would love this question, loves the metal. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know like what the uh, delineations are between metal and death metal and speed metal and you know I don't really know what the difference sure. is. And he's probably going to be pretty upset with me when he hears all about this. Uh, but that is definitely his jam. Like he and uh, uh, Dan and Andy and David and Alvaro Lopez just like destroying it on oh, mutants. Yeah. Oh, I, I raved so about the great. book this month. I know, this, it's this so week. good. Fun fact, the tattoo that the main the main band dude in uh, Discord, which is the death metal band of New Mutants, the main dude has a tattoo on his left arm, which is modeled after my tattoo on my left arm. One day, Sebastian came over and explained he wanted he and David yeah. wanted to do this. They wanted they asked if they could use mine as sort of a, a, a model for it. So they use a version of my arm, which is... That's great. Use That's the awesome. use the hell out of that. That is awesome. Yeah, it's fun, uh, and and that book is just absolutely terrific right yeah. now. I think David Lopez may be one of my favorite artists of the year. Like, uh, just blew uh, it out down. of the water. Really stepped it up. Uh, Marvelicious Toy has a question, a collecting question. What Marvel toy line are our favorites? Mego, Marvel Legends, Marvel uh, Hasbro's Marvel Universe, Toy Biz Superheroes. Another. You you do you like do you collect toys at all? I do not. You have some statues. I do have some statues, but they're not. Yeah, there's one. They're not Mark 23 statue. In there. I do I like, have oh, that yeah, awesome look at that one. X23 that's, that's statue. One's great. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, w- I think Marvel Legends are my favorite. Um, I, I don't know why. I just do. They're big, they're, they're awesome, really articulated, great detail, super fun. I had some Migos uh, back in the day, they were great. Mar- the Hasbro Marvel Universe ones are terrific, especially the large scale, like the Sentinel and the Galactus. I love those ones. Yeah. I, oh, are the Sentinel ones, are those the ones with the really articulated fingers? Like, I don't know. I don't think Sentinel. I mean, he, he may have articulated fingers. I don't think so. All right. But there's really great toys. I'm not a collector per se. I'm, I'm open it up, rip it out of the package, and put it on a shelf, and then play with it. And I have a Galactus family sitting on my desk. <laughs> Question from Ninth Gen Hero. Or actually, this is a que- this is a comment that Ninth Gen Hero tweeted to Kieran Gillen, writer of uh, Journey into Mystery and Uncanny X Men. Ninth Gen Hero said, "Yesterday, I put Journey into Mystery 632, uh, oh 622 to the current issue in my pull box. Thanks to This Week in Marvel and iFanboy. Uh, can't wait to enjoy your work." So I put that on here because I want to thank you, Ninth Gen Hero, for listening to the podcast and going out based on what we're talking about and actually spending your hard-earned money on books. It really makes me happy to know that people are taking our advice and we get really excited about comics because we really like comics and you guys then go out and check out these books and it's, it's super appreciated. Let us know what you think of Kieran's Journey into Mystery. I love that book. I love Kieran. Yeah, he's I... super weird and super tall and super skinny, and he's an amazing writer. He is. Yeah, he really is. I love him. Ungaji, who is one of my freelancers, he writes our psych ward profiles on Marvel.com. 
It says, why is Agent M always talking about how much he hates beautiful things? <gasps> yes. Every episode it comes up. And that goes into, where were we, in Barcelona when we were talking yes. about this? We were both at the Barcelona Comic Con this year. We were talking about how we get so excited about stuff, we just want to, we hate it we so hate much. We hate it. It makes me hate it. Like, I love it so much that I just want to, like, just punch it. Yeah. I just love it. Just set it on fire and just <laughs> yell at it. Because it's so good. Yep. And that, it is so good. Is it a New Yorker thing? Is I it just, know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, that's what we were talking yeah. about. Like, why we both... Do that and, and we, we did it separately and independently. Right, completely. Yes, yes. And then it kind of came up yeah. uh, when we were together and people were like, Yeah, like I say that too, or I've noticed that you say that too. Yeah. And and it's perfect. Yeah. Because it's the perfect way. There is no your emotions can only go so far yeah. in one direction before they loop around to hating it. Of course. Naturally. That's just the way that, that it goes. That's what comics have taught us. That's that, the, there's too much passion yeah. to uh, be contained. Oh, oh. Argyle Kyle says, any plans for the Generation X 90s made-for-TV movie to be released on Blu-ray? Someday? Maybe? And then a little tongue-out smiley face emoticon. I'm going to say there's a possibility. It could happen. It probably won't. It's not very good. <laughs> you wait, are we allowed to say that? I mean, I yeah, don't want I, 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 I think we should be honest. And, and it's not like it's one of... It's not like a current product, and I'm not going to hurt someone's feelings. It just wasn't a very good show. It was low budget. It was. It had its moments. It had some some kitsch factor to it, but I I don't think it was that great. If my memory serves correctly, I feel as though I was super excited for it, and then when I watched it, it had so little to do with. Yeah. Is that correct? Was, I mean, I honestly. You're thinking. You might be thinking remember. of Mutant X. You're thinking of Mutant X, which was not like. X-Men at all really related. Maybe you're not. I don't know. No, I think maybe that but is. But Generation X wasn't very good either. It, 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 they had like they had the costumes. They had some of the stuff going, but it's just, but there wasn't a lot of budget to it. There wasn't a lot that they could really put into it at that time. So, you know. Oh, the nineties. But, but you know that makes me kind of want to watch it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> now we're getting really psyched about it. Yeah. I hope we do do it, or uh, no. whoever has the rights now to it now. Now you're going to start a petition for Yeah, it. I'll talk to Fox about it. Maybe they, if they have the rights, they can hook it up. Let's see. Another one from Argyle Kyle. Are the titles from the Icon imprint available digitally, specifically for the iPad? Icon books are the creator-owned books that are done by uh, guys like Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, uh, Matt Fraction. Um, I'm probably missing some. But they're creator-owned they are distributed by us to, you know, print market, what have you, but they sort of have the rights to put them where they please. I know Bendis has a bunch of his books, his icon books, available on the Marvel, uh, on the Comixology app and probably at other places. So I, I know Comixology for sure has a whole icon section. You can check that out and, and just see what books are in there. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're available for uh, the iPad. Get up on them. Justin Stone says, Is it wrong that I'm more concerned about Val from FF going down the wrong road than I am about who is running for Prez? No, it's not wrong. Comics is life. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And but also, please vote if you can. Yeah, vote. I mean, we're not going to get political, but whoever you vote for, Exercise just vote. Exercise your vote. Yeah. Exercise your right to vote. You got that right? Do That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Use it. But also care about Val. Yeah. Because... Uh. She's so awesome. She is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about earlier on in X23, the kids in the book in the last issue. Oh, my God. And you guys won me over with Sana Takeda. I wasn't a huge fan of hers. She's so but she awesome. But she just, the last arc, it. just so good. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 
Anyway. I have uh, nothing more to add. Yeah, no, there's he nothing. emphatically saying I know. Yep. Ms. Marvel Girl, who is a frequent listener, commenter, and often live tweets as she listens to the show, says, I actually have real questions this time. What is our favorite piece of merchandise in 2011 that went on sale? My memory is terrible. It's hard for me to think of what actually went on sale. Also, I... And I think this is more... And you, you're probably the same way that I am. I feel like I'm not even living in 2011 right now. Because everything that I'm working on right now goes on sale in, like, mid-2012. Yeah. So I'm so far... Yeah. I always wonder where what happened to the time. Because everything that we do is, like, six months, eight months in advance. I'm so far ahead in my brain. Yeah. I never know when books come out. I never know when... Like, I can say, oh, you know, Wolverine 300 is on sale in January. But then after, I'll, that, that'll just fall out of my head. Like, I don't really <laughs> remember, like, when anything yep. actually occurs. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Fine put out some great t-shirts this year. <gasps> they did. <laughs> you just lit up. They really did. Yeah, they did some great work. Thank uh, you for having girl t-shirts. Well, I'll tell Nicole at Mighty Fine. Honestly. Uh, yeah. It's just necessary. Totally. I agree. I can't. Those men's shirts, they like cut into my neck. For men's. They're, they They're cut for, for men's. men's. <laughs> they cut into my neck. Yeah. They don't look flattering. It's not. Lady shirts not made okay. for lady people. Yes. It's good. Uh, yeah, I, there's cool statues and the Sentinel that uh, Hasbro made. Oh, I got oh, it. I got it. My favorites were the mini mugs that Hasbro made for San Diego and New York Comic Con. There's tiny, super deformed versions of Mighty Mugs. There was one that was the Avengers box set, and there was the Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. Love those. Those are terrific and hard to get. I opened up the New York Comic Con set, the Maximum Carnage, to share with everyone on my team, and my boss, John really nearly killed me. He's like, you can't open that. You can't open that. It's a collector's item. It was great. Oh, you know what else I like? What are those tiny things... Squinkies? Tiny, like... The little rubber the guys? little, like, jelly-looking... Squinkies. We've talked about squinkies on I this podcast those. maybe four different episodes. I love those. Yep. They look a little bit like candy. Yep. Don't eat them. I don't know about that part of it because I really would want to eat them. Former associate producer Harry Goh dismembered a bunch of squinkies, put them in a tube, and gave them to me. So if you want some squinky parts, <laughs> you let me know. I'll help you out. I got a bunch of parts of Squinkies. Yeah, those are awesome. Those are fantastic. There's a MODOK coming. I'm very excited. Yeah. All right. So, Big Steve Two Dope says, um, this is one of our last questions. Is there anything you don't like that is going on in Marvel right now or the past? Um, The broadest question ever. Yeah, it's like, do you not like stuff? Sure, there's (laughs) stuff we don't like, but it's not really in our business to put down anything. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest. If I don't like it, we, we talk about good points, but we... We say, this has happened, this is gone, boom, go, get you on your way. Um, I'm not going to talk excitedly about something I don't like. It's just, that's it's not who I am. I don't want to lie to you guys. There, There's stuff that we don't like. It's going to happen no matter what. Everybody has their own individual tastes, you know? And it's, it's like, yes, I know that Executioner's Song is the greatest comic book story of all time. But maybe Janine doesn't, and she thinks it's bad. That's okay. I was actually going to say the same thing about, I, I feel as though people... When I say how much I loved Age of Apocalypse, I, I feel I feel like some people are like, you know, what do you mean? Yeah. Age of Apocalypse was crazy. And I'm like, yes, it was crazy. Crazy, amazing. 
so right what you were saying to yeah. each his own Every, yeah everybody has their own opinion sure um, we're and not also, gonna just because you don't like something doesn't mean that it's bad that's exactly. another very important totally note yeah sometimes it means it's bad sometimes <laughs> most of the time yeah but you know we're not gonna go on here and, and say something is bad um, and especially because Ben and I are generally the, the two main point people on the podcast, we have differing opinions. He may like something. I know for a fact there's stuff on this podcast this week he liked more than I did. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it and enjoy it, and that, that's what it's going to be. Finally, last question from Ronzilla. He says, Modoc versus Nova, who wins? And this question would have been best for uh, Ben to be here to answer with me because he loves Nova. That's his main character. Modoc is mine, and obviously Modoc would win. The end. The end. Yay. <laughs> Who do you think would win? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Modoc is so awesome. Modoc is just awesome. Well, it's just, I'll just say Modoc too. Yeah. So suck it, Ben. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Ben. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of This Week in Marvel, Episode 8. I want to thank Janine Schaefer so very much for joining us. Thank you. I had so much fun. Will you come back again? I absolutely will. Awesome. I'm literally right down the hall. Yeah, you really are. It's like, great. Like, literally, my, you can see my office from here. Yeah, it's like 20 paces. Yeah. It's great. Follow Janine on Twitter at J9Schaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. All one word. She's on Twitter. Follow me, Agent underscore M. Follow Ben, Ben J. Morse. Follow Marvel. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can find us on the iTunes. You can find us on the Zune Marketplace. You can find us on the Marvel.com. You can find us all the all the places that the internet does. On the does. Tumblr. So yeah, you can find us on the Tumblrs. We all have our own ones. Um, I'm sure you could tweet Janine and she'll send you a link to all her various Tumblrs if you'd like. Mine is Agent M Loves Tacos. Uh, if you I'm, to, I'm just going to plug Hey Kids Cats. Hey Kids Cats. Check it out. Yeah, all, all the Marvel.com. And we're in the holiday season, so happy Hanukkah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your holidays. If you have some days off, enjoy some time off. We will be back next week with another episode. Um, and then another episode after that. We're going to keep going. This train ain't stopping. Uh, two months in, and we're going. We're having fun. And thank you guys so much for listening. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>